Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. So let's get up there. We'll launch from there. But okay, they launched from there, but then what happened? That's where I'm at. Okay, we're on Mount Tabor, nah, 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 but we're coming down. What went on? Down in the valley is where a lot of the battle happened, but how were they able to beat the chariots? We know if they got tired or the battle was done or had to retreat back up for some reason, all they had to do was run back up Mount Tabor again. But what happened down in the valley? It says, by the torrent of Kishon that swept them away. See that? The torrent of Kishon, that river swept them away. Now, why in the world do you think chariots would get anywhere near a river? Oh, there's a river. We can't go in there. The chariots were down in there. Why did they go in there? You got to think for a minute. Uh, This was the time of year when it was dry. So this is the time of year it's dry. They're not thinking about water. They went down in there. Let me refer you back to verse 4 again. Remember I said I'd come back to that. Look at verse 4. It says, Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. You see that? Here comes water. And the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord. God just really turned on the faucet. God's going to render those chariots useless real, real quick. The Canaanites would have never risked taking their chariot into a soggy, wet area to fight in. So now we see how the Lord intervened in the battle. This is how God got in it. He sent this mega crazy amount of rain during the dry season, (laughs) which caught, caught the Canaanites totally off guard. The heavens poured, and since it says here that the earth trembled and the mountains gushed, we can determine that not only did the water come down from the sky and the heavens is rain, But also God shook up the mountains because it said the mountains trembled. He broke up massive springs of water that was underneath the mountains. And the mountains gushed, it said. And the water came out from the ground. Uh, This reminds me of uh, Noah's flood in Genesis 7-11. It says, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Wasn't a massive earthwide flood this time. It was for that battle. God shook the mountains up and just loosened all that water out from underneath. And he made it rain from the clouds and the heavens. And these chariots that were here in the dry season got washed away with the torrent of Kishon. Wow. That's how God did what he did. And so God, he busted everything loose. And these charioted Canaanites, they didn't expect this. They were caught off guard. And it made the Canaanites' weapons of warfare were now absolutely worthless. Completely worthless. You know, your enemy comes against you with his big weapons, and it looks scary. They have their threats, and we're going to do this to you if you do. Hey, God knows how to shut their little weapons off in a hurry. Okay, don't worry. God's got ways of doing that. 
Therefore, the torrent of Kishon swept them away. Friends, the Lord God fights his enemies with complete and total dominance. It's not the way the movies make it look where, you know, evil and good kind of rival each other back and forth. God has complete and total dominance, superiority over the enemy, over all evil. That's how it works. And this is why you should put all your trust in God Almighty. He fights for Israel and he fights for his people. Are you one of his people? God fights for you. So good. So Judges 5 and 23, curse Miraz, said the angel of the Lord, curse its inhabitants bitterly because they did not come to the help of the Lord, to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. He asked for water. She gave milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand to the tent peg, her right hand to the workman's hammer. She pounded Sisera. She pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. He lay still. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Get him, J.L. <laughs> this bad boy, she got him. So here's a lot of curse. There's also some blessing. But the curse is put on Miraz. And I looked and saw that it was a city that was near Mount Tabor, right near where that battle was going down. And Miraz, they could have helped. But they didn't. Kind of like Dan and Asher and the guys. They could have helped. They just didn't. And they were the closest ones there. A special bitter curse is put on them. You could have jumped in and helped and done something, but you didn't. That's a curse. And so we switch back to blessing in verse 24. Most blessed among women is Jael. Now, Jael committed herself. That woman was all in. She pushed all her chips in. This guy's laying there dozing off, and she didn't think, well, what if I miss the spike? I'm going to drive it through his head, but what if I miss? And he gets up, and he, and he attacks me and kills me. No, she was sure of herself. Bam, he's done. Th- that's confidence. <laughs> you got to have confidence in, when you fight. Okay, She had the guts to kill Sisera, the Canaanite commander that uh, escaped the battle. He got away from Barak, but he didn't get away from Jael because Deborah prophesied that a woman would get him. God gave Sisera to Jael to further shame the men for their laziness. The men who were lazy and not leading. God says, I'm going to hand this one to a woman. That ought to wake you up. He handed the, 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 the judge position to Deborah, and the men still weren't going. Well, I'm going to hand Sisera off to a woman. This ought to do something. <laughs> Guys, wouldn't that wake you up a little bit? It's like, gosh, all the women's doing everything. I think we better get up. <laughs> That's why God did this. Now, see where it says Sisera, Sisera, he asked for water, but Jael gave him milk instead. Why is this? The milk was to get Sisera to relax, man. Calm down. <sighs> Go to sleep. Now I got you. So she gave him milk instead of, a, instead of water, and Jael brought milk to him in a lordly bowl, probably to make him think that her, atten- her intention was to honor him. Here comes this lordly bowl. He's probably thinking, oh, she's, she really likes me. And he, he just took it all in. Ah, I drank it all down. Now he's out. Now you're in trouble. That's kind of how it went down between Ehud and King Eglon, remember? Eglon thought that Ehud was about to honor him, but Ehud stabbed him instead. He thought he was going to get honor, so he let his guard down, and that was his end. Ehud killed him with that, with that sword. 
So Sisera thought he was going to be helped and honored by Jael, but crunch, <laughs> Jael got him. She killed this evil man that was, had just tried to wipe out Israel's army. Friends, it's always better to get on the Lord's side, I'm telling you. As smart as Sisera was, as military-minded as he was, he didn't see this coming. When you're on the Lord's side, he will bless you. If you're not, you won't see what's coming. The Canaanites didn't see the dry season washing them off through the Kishon. They didn't expect that. It's good to be on the Lord's side. Judges 5 and 28. Check this out. The mother of Sisera looked through the window and cried out through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariots? Her wisest ladies answered her. Yes, she answered herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? To every man a girl or two. For Sisera, plunder of dyed garments, plunder of garments embroidered and dyed. Two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Now, the hymn of Barak and Deborah here further amplifies Sisera's death in a description talking about Sisera's mother waiting for him to come back. She figures he always wins. Where's he at? He, he wins every time. Where's he now? She's waiting for him to come back. And she's just so sure of his victory with all those 900 chariots with him that she assumed incorrectly he must be taking so long because they captured all their clothing and their garments and they captured all their women. They must be dividing them all out. That's probably what he's doing. That's probably why he's not back yet. She's, try, she's, she's worried. And she's coming up with reasons why he's not back yet. And you can just hear the evil in their thoughts because they figured Sisera was probably giving Israel's women to the men. Like it says, to every man a girl or two. I'm sure they've done this in the past. They conquered a group of people, take all the women. Hey, uh, Bob, take these two girls. Ladies, does this not tick you off to hear this? It should. (laughs) This is an evil, evil man. He has had a habit of giving other people's wives, other people's daughters to these men that just wipe their guys out. And the mom's thinking that's probably what he's doing. The mom's evil. This is a wicked bunch of people. This was apparently their evil family practice, making slaves of those whose husbands they just killed. These people have no idea that they have just messed with the God of Israel. They have no clue. Let your, all your enemies perish. O Lord, as it says. Friends, and I got to tell you, if you're not under the blood of Jesus Christ, if you have not surrendered your life to Christ, you are an enemy of God. Because in our sin, we have become hostile to God. And the Bible says, Lord, let all your enemies die. I strongly urge you to get under the blood of Christ, repent of your life of sin, and get right with God. It will be your end if you don't. And so, We see now that peace has been brought to the land now for 40 years. 40 years. Remember, Othniel's deliverance was for 40 years too. Ehud delivered Israel for 80 years. And so here's this pattern in Judges, that when God delivers, He gives peace. Do you you hear that equation? When God delivers, He gives you peace. Friend, if you don't have peace in your life, I mean real peace, you may have everybody else faked out. But if you have this, you just don't have peace. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Give it to God and start doing the things he tells you to do. 
then you will have peace. God sent us a deliverer, just like he sent Israel a deliverer. He sent Deborah this time. He sent Ehud. He sent Joshua. God sent us a deliverer through Jesus to give us peace by defeating death. Now, this parallels what we saw in verse 13, which says, Jesus coming down for us. Verse 13, if you remember, look at verse 13. It says, the Lord came down for me against the mighty. The Lord came down for me against the mighty. Friend, you could have never paid your own way to salvation. Never. There is no purgatory. There's no place where you go to for a long time, and eventually you can climb your way out. The Bible does not say that. It's not in there. You're either saved or you're not. And to be saved, it's a penalty that Jesus paid that you cannot pay. And you're trying to be good enough. You're trying to do all these wonderful things. You will never pay it. It's the, the, the penalty of sin is too mighty. The Lord came down for me against the mighty. And, he, and Jesus won our victory with complete and total dominance, just like God did for the Canaanites. Now, our lives that had been taken away from us by sin, we can now return to living again. Just like this hymn calls for with Israel. Remember, village life ceased. Nobody's walking along the roads anymore. If you're saved in Jesus, you can get back to life again. You can live a life. But just like how Israel was, just like how Israel did after each judge had died, they forgot about God. So today, too, we are now in a generation that does not know the Lord. And I always tell people, you don't know the Lord. And they get offended. Well, who are you to tell me I don't know the Lord? The reason is that you don't know the Lord is because you do not know the great works that he's done. That's what makes it where you don't know the Lord. If you don't know the great works that he has done, you don't know the Lord. Well, I know Jesus died on the cross. Okay, how did that work in your life? What did that do for your life? Well, I don't know. You don't know the Lord. You need to know what he's done for you in your life. Remember how Israel forgot all that. Our generation has forgotten the Lord too. And because they forgot him, here's, here's the kicker. Because they forgot him, the Lord God Almighty, they turned to other gods. And because they turned to other gods, they're not jumping in the fight. You forget the Lord your God. Get busy with just my stuff, my stuff. It's my life. I'm doing what I want. There's a whole spiritual warfare going on out there. You're not in it because you're too busy with your things. You remember the curse that came against those who didn't do anything. These people, these are people that could jump into the fight, but they choose not to. They're just too busy. This will cause you to miss all the great blessing that God has to offer you. And you won't just miss blessing. Well, if I miss a blessing, that's okay. It won't just cause you to miss blessing. It brings curse. You did hear the tribes get cursed for not jumping in. And the ones that did jump in the battle, they were blessed. There's no neutrality. There's blessing or there's curse. You can't say, oh, I'll just take the middle. There is no middle. Blessing or curse. Make your choice. It's like that angel said, curse Miraz bitterly because they did not come to help. Friends, we live in a dying world that has forgotten the Lord. And so everybody who believes needs to jump in and help some kind of way. Don't get too busy out there. Well, I'm, I'm busy. I got other things. I was busy. I like to sleep in Sunday. I was doing this. I, I understand sometimes you can't always come. I get it. But don't be like Dan and Asher. Well, I'm busy with my boats and all that. 
That brings curse, guys. Those cursed tribes did not help. They were too busy. But they were told in verse 18 that Zebulun and Naphtali is a people who jeopardize their lives to the point of death on the battlefield. Friends, do you know that there are thousands of believers out there who are on a spiritual battlefield and they are jeopardizing their lives for you right now? Anybody who's hearing my voice on the radio, you're not involved with the body of Christ. You're doing your own thing. That's the biggest priority. You just don't have time for God. I've had people tell me, well, Ray, God's just really your thing. God's just not my thing. Is hell your thing? You ain't going to want it to be your thing. If you get there, Jesus will change your life. There are thousands of people on the spiritual battlefield while you're playing it up, doing whatever. They are fighting for you right now. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to have that life at all. And the reason they're doing it, they're fighting for you, is because they want to help you receive the same new life that Jesus has given them. And just like Ephraim, they have experienced great joy. Remember, Ephraim was on that area where the Amalekites were, but they beat them and kicked them out. They said, we know what victory is. We're in. And so they came in and fought. Just like Ephraim, they have experienced great victory. And so they jumped in the battle to help you get it too. They want you to experience it. But these people are not fighting so you can go off and get busy with your own stuff. Like Gilead did. Dan and Asher, they are out there sacrificing themselves, helping to fight the archers off your doorstep so that you might just live long enough to finally wake up and see that you need Jesus Christ. I'm thankful to all the people who fought while I was asleep, even long before I was ever here. We've got a long history of believers that fought for you and me. And there's a lot of people fighting for all of us right now. There's Friends, if you're an unbeliever, there are people that have given up their lives to fight for you just so you can see Jesus and get a taste of what they got in Jesus Christ. And as Deborah's song goes, since we have been delivered, then let us recount the righteous acts of the Lord. Let's remember... All the great things he's done for us. As 11, and verse 11 states this. It states where to do this. Do you remember where it stated where to do it? We're going to recount the righteous acts of the Lord. Look in your Bible, verse 11. It says to where to do it. Far from the noise of the archers, among the watering places, and then they shall go down to the gates, it says. Being saved by Jesus, you're protected. Far from the enemy that wants to oppress you. That's a good location to be away from the enemy protected. Verse 11 also says to recount his righteousness among the watering place. A watering place is where everybody had to go in order to sustain their lives. Friends, the Holy Spirit of God is our watering place. By his Holy Spirit, we will never thirst again. And he sustains our lives. That's another good place to recount the righteous acts of the Lord in the Holy Spirit who indwells and saves you and gives you life. And finally, verse 11 says, then go down to the gates. Then go down to the gates. You remember back in verse 8, it said there was war in the gate, but now in the water, with the watering place and you're recounting the righteous acts of the Lord, the enemy is far away. Now go down to the gate. Go down where that war was at. Go down to the gates. Jesus won our victory. 
And now that you've been delivered by Jesus, the war that came to destroy you is now gone. The war is gone. Now you can go down to that gate where it used to be. And Jesus won our victory with complete and total dominance, just like how God won the battle at Mount Tabor. The people of Israel, they got a new life out of their deliverer. Their oppression is gone. And Jesus wants to give you a new life too, a new life eternal, eternal life. Verse 12, if you see verse 12, it says, Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away. I want to tell you that Jesus arose from the grave, and he leads his captives away, away to eternal life. So good. I want you to come too. I want you to join in. But there's too many people that just aren't in the battle. Today, it's time to trade curse for blessing. Make Jesus your Lord and stop giving yourself to those other gods. Don't let those other gods have you anymore. And you know what they are. It's all these things that take priority that you would rather be doing than following Jesus Christ. Those other gods you need to turn away from because there is curse in that. Oh, Ray, how can there be anything wrong with blah, blah, blah? Well, if it rivals God, there's a lot wrong with it. Go ask Dan. Go ask Asher. What's wrong with sailing on a boat? What's wrong with going fishing? Nothing. But if it causes you to not jump in the battle, now it's a problem. There's too many people who aren't in the battle. Trade curse for blessing. And for those of you who are in the battle, you're sacrificing yourselves to help the lost to see Jesus. I know, boy, do I ever know that there are times when it is just so hard because you're always the bad guy and people are always taking it out on you and you feel like you're just alone because you're, you're, sac- you're giving yourself, they're, they're, you're sacrificing yourself so they can see Christ. Sometimes it just seems like, what's it all for? They're not ever going to turn. I'm tired. I'm weak. So I want to close this message with the one verse and Deborah's song here that hit me the hardest. Here it is. Judges 5.21. Oh, my soul, march on in strength. March on in strength. I know you're in the battle and you're tired. March on in strength. Keep going. There's incredible blessing, not just for you, but also for the people who are going to see Jesus because of you. March on in strength. Keep going. The victory has been won already. I'm not saying we fight for the victory. We fight from victory. And so if you want to jump in the battle, here's how you do it. Father God, thank you for this word today. Lord God, I'm praying for all the people in here or on radio, whatever, that are hearing me. And they're realizing, you know what? I just haven't been giving God my priority. I've just been doing my own stuff, my own way for me. And I'm realizing that is going to get me in big trouble. Forgive me, Father God, and save me. I give you my life. Lord, it's time for me to stop doing things my way and do things your way. Forgive me of my sin. And thank you. Show me where I can plug in. Show me an assembly of believers that I can go to that has a good Bible-believing guy that will teach the Word as it is stated so that I can hear and read and, and understand your truth, Lord God. I want to plug in and get in the battle. I, I, I want to taste your victory, and I want others to get it too. I want your blessing. Thank you, Lord God, that you offer it. Through Jesus, we have it accessible to us. Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.